The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Well, sorry. It is not yet a national holiday the Monday after the Super Bowl, so get up. You know, stop with your pathology of pathology of extra vacation holidays dependency. Just a reminder for our listening audience, Gary and I have a three-day weekend coming up this weekend. <laughs> yeah, but it's not a hangover holiday it might be well, that's i might that's, i might start drinking friday saturday that's sunday I, I i saw some threads on social media that just i got the biggest kick out of it, it why isn't it a national holiday mm. and, and i actually did see the comment you know we pay our taxpayer dollars to help build these stadiums there should be a holiday for the people that can't afford to actually go into those stadiums and pay those seat licenses or the 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 ticket prices or the concessions but we still pay our taxpayer dollars. Therefore, not only are we entitled to watch the game. <laughs> oh, what you on, want on is a, a moron on, holiday. Though. On a non-premium network. Mm-hmm. But once we get to watch that game for free on a non-premium network, we believe we are entitled to a day off because we're going to be hungover. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, no, you want a lazy day. Just call in sick. It's easier. That's not quiet quitting. That's loud vacationing is what they want. Because they're very passionate about it and speaking out very loud about it. Yeah. We're entitled to a day off after the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll discuss that. Uh, What is the entitlement mentality for football in this nation? Is it something that you are owed? No. <laughs> All right. Some fun over the weekend. One of the things that uh, came out immediately is no. Uh, what, uh, you know, CNN fact-checking the president got, caught him lying at least three times the other day. They were like five minutes into fact-checking him. Mm. Uh, on Thursday night, Friday morning, we played some of that earlier on the show. 
But then it came out, well, then fine. Uh, then if you believe that it's all lies and you want a direct transcript from uh, from the, should the transcripts be released so the American public can see it? Well, this was asked to the Biden attorney, Bob Bauer, who had talked about the fact that the report exonerated the president over his mishandling of classified documents. Mm-hmm. Uh, here is this back and forth. Do you favor releasing them? Well, it's really a decision that has to take place within the government. It's a classified the document. Counsel, I'm the president's personal counsel. Right. Would you recommend yes. that these be made public if they indeed back up your personal record? Again, there's a process underway. I'm not a specialist in that process. And- it doesn't matter. He can't answer the question. He does not want it released. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry. I'm not a medical doctor. I, I'm sorry. I'm not a. I, I can't. I'm sorry. I can't speak to that. I'm sorry. That's somebody else's job. Well, well, I'm, I'm like, sorry. But that did you get that? Because she's asking him. His first thing was, "Well, look, I'm his personal attorney." Uh huh. Yeah. You're his personal attorney on Face the Nation, talking yeah. about this and defending it <laughs> and criticizing it. And then when you're asked a question, you say basically. That's not my job. Well, I mean, it, it's it's. <laughs> I only came here to tell you that I can't answer any questions ever about anything. Thank you. They really do believe because, you know, uh, they're looking at a mostly liberal audience. They really do believe that the people that vote for them are complete idiots. They really do. And they have for yeah. a long time. Yeah. And it's just amazing. Yeah, it's uh, it, it. But isn't that every answer we hear right now? Listen, I'll have to defer you to. I mean, when you're like uh, Corinne Jean Pierre. Well, you know, I can't discuss that because you know, I don't want to. <laughs> I just wish she would say that one time. Listen, Peter, I'm not going to talk about that, and it's not because I can't. It's just. I don't want it. And you want delusion. And and now this is, this is, I want to tell you, this is better than just normal delusion. Mm-hmm. This is better than just normal gaslighting. This rises to the level of Mayorkas. Oh. Because it is Mayorkas. Yeah. <laughs> speaking. This is Mayorkas level lying. Speaking uh, to meet the pressed. Meet the press. Meet the press. Meet depressed. <laughs> meet depressed. <laughs> well, that might be a whole other show. Meet the press. Okay. <laughs> the press. The, the. Grandma used to say the. I always yeah, said the. Meet depressing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but this is uh, Mayorkas. Uh, when asked about the president's cognitive state, okay. and God is my witness, mm-hmm. this is not the Babylon Bee. Okay. All right, this is actually Mayorkas. The most difficult part about a meeting with President Biden is preparing for it because he is sharp, intensely probing, and detail-oriented and focused. (laughs) Is there a place where you can take lying lessons? Is there like a Costanza Institute of Mm -hmm. Lying? 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue that you can go to because yeah. the way it you you look at him because you look at any sign he we all know he's lying everybody knows mm-hmm. he's lying he li- he's a pathological liar mm-hmm. from the time he said the border is secure mm-hmm. you have to not trust anything else that he said from that point on 
And there's a reason to. Everybody knows that. Now, unless Mayorkas is admitting that his cognitive state is so bad that the president's is much more superior to him, since if he actually believes the lies that he has been stating since he's been the uh, the uh, Secretary of, of, of uh, Homeland Security, then he may be more uh, cognitively challenged than the president. That's the only way that I could see that he could make that case, that the most difficult part of meeting with Biden is preparing for it because he is sharp, intensely probing, and detail-oriented. Only for you? Are you yeah. the only one that sees this? Yeah. Nobody else sees this anywhere. Nobody. That's the kind of pathological line that the public doesn't buy right now. Well, it's also an oversell. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) This used car is not that good. It's, it is, well, it's the Mayorkas version is, listen. This car, it's worth, and I think most people would know this, four or $500,000. I know what you're saying. It's a 75 Dodge Dart and is missing an entire wheel. But let me tell you, the oversell on it is, is what's key. It was Newsom. Newsom recently in his rapid fire you know, trying to not let the interviewer get in an er, uh, a word in edgewise because he knew that he was throwing out a load of garbage. And Mayorkas is just throwing it, lobbing, because that's what you do. You try and, if you're, when you're gaslighting, you try and say it as if it's fact. And that if any, and, and so that the person you're talking to won't come back at you. You're trying to make them feel stupid for not knowing this non-fact. This obvious lie, the fact that you won't acknowledge it, you have to question your sanity. It is a form of gaslighting, and it's all they have. But it is an oversell. All of my meetings with the president have been very clear. He is very clear about what is to be done, and I have no questions when I live about his ability to run this country and just leave it at that. When you go over the top as he did here, as Newsom did recently, it's an oversell. You're just, you know, you're trying to put lipstick on a pig. Mm-hmm. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters C P 
Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. I mentioned uh, Tulsi Gobbert interviewed over the weekend. Here's what uh, she had to say just in uh, in general. She, it was a pretty long interview. She just went after the Democrats saying, they're the ones. Look at what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And we've said it just like racism. Mm-hmm. They're doing the same thing for democracy. Right. We're for democracy as they're doing the exact opposite. Right. right. And she talks about, you know, the same thing of the border and, and uh, the, the playbook of what they're doing. It's the old playbook of them working with the mainstream media. The- propaganda media to repeat things that are not true over and over and over and over again. Okay, hoping that it sticks is what she said in the same interview uh, that she did, a little bit longer version uh, here. Let's hear what she also had to say about the Democratic Party and democracy. They're acting as though they are dictators, and yet they're doing it in the name of democracy. When you look at, when you look at uh, what just happened in Russia recently, there was an anti-war candidate that stood up and said, I'm going to run against Putin. He's building a huge followership. What happened? The Kremlin said, nope, you're not allowed to be on the ballot. We look at what's happening here right now, how the Biden-Harris administration, the Department of Justice, all of these different entities are throwing everything they can, different states, at trying to keep we, the American people, from having the freedom to choose who we want as our next president, so, commander in chief. And Tulsi, I'm sure you've seen the polls. The president, uh, former president, seems up by four or five points, winning in every battleground state except Wisconsin. But now we're seeing these headlines just about everywhere. Uh, Trump is a dictator. Trump will be used the military in dictatorial ways. And William Panetta, William Cohen, speaking out, saying what, what he's capable of—that democracy is indeed in the balance. I'm all, I know you have to campaign hard, but they're trying to put fear in the American people. Yes, yes. The irony is. Is they are doing exactly what they are warning the American people that Trump will do if he is elected again. I just want to remind people, look back at 2016 when Trump was elected president. He would have had the opportunity to do exactly that. He could have gone and, and used our, our Department of Justice to go and throw Hillary Clinton in jail. Did he? No. No, he did not. He didn't do these things that they are warning the American people about. So I think it's important for all of us to be reminded of the truth. Look at what they are saying and match it to what they are doing. They're undermining our democracy and going against the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence that says we, the people, get to choose who we want to serve us as our president. There you go. And everything that's going on, I mean, it's absolutely unconstitutional what they're doing in these 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 states. We all know it. And the entire Democratic Party supports them, including most of the voters of the Democratic Party. Yep. And it's clearly unconstitutional. The states don't have any business being in this. And so they're trying to do whatever they can to unconstitutionally keep a president or excuse me, keep a candidate from running for president of the United States. Mm -hmm. And by, number one, using something that he was never charged with. Right. On any level, there's no evidence of an actual insurrection. They're just making the case that it was because we say it was. Well, even if there was, Congress clearly in the, the the text of the 14th Amendment, Congress is responsible at that point to uh, at that point. The states 
have nothing to do with it. The states aren't mentioned right. at all. Right. Right. And so what they're claiming is it doesn't matter because now they've become firm believers in federalism that the state leads on everything. I mean, it's just it's bizarre. Yeah. Um, which look, the states don't lead on everything. Right. Especially on something like that. Right. Yeah. It's all these desperate Hail Marys are failing. Uh, it's interesting. You and I were talking during a break earlier. Uh, it, it's unknown when the Supreme Court will issue their uh, opinion on uh, on the Trump case in Colorado, on him being on the ballot. Uh, March 5th, Super Tuesday, includes Colorado for their primary. You would think Amy Howe doing her assessment uh, the other day of the of uh, of the hearing, she said there's no way to know, but it you know likely they would want to get it done by so because there's other states involved too. They're waiting on this case to to be resolved, uh, but it's uh, it, it is likely that it would be sooner than later. So um, it'll be interesting to watch where that goes and how it goes. But this is Colorado and all of them. All these moves here are the desperate moves of the left, just trying to do anything and everything outside the Constitution. They don't care about it, so why not do everything they can, whether it's constitutional or not, to get him off the ballot, to get him, make sure he's not elected again. And then other audio that I had trouble playing, uh, Tulsi Gabbard said, this is the quote, Democrats absurdly claim that they're trying to stop illegal immigration and that it's Trump's fault. It's the old playbook of them working with mainstream propaganda media to repeat things that are not true over and over again, hoping it sticks. Mm. This shows their complete disdain for us and our intelligence. We have to keep speaking the truth so they are not successful, end of quote. And that was a uh, lifelong Democrat, Tulsi Gabbard, about mm. the Democratic Party in this administration mm. right now. I mean, that's the whole thing. I mean, they tried to blame Trump early. Remember, early in 2021, they tried to blame Trump. Yeah. And it didn't work. And right. now they're trying to do it again because of this, their their failed Senate bill. It's not going to work. Nope. 866-90-RED-EYE. This morning's USDA Farm Report is brought to you by House Products. Tested, trusted, guaranteed since 1920. Back in 2020, the biggest single source of farmer income was direct government payments, which hit an incredible sum, $45.5 billion. By 2022, government payments dropped to $15.5 billion, last year down to 12. And according to USDA's chief economist, Seth Meyer, direct government payments will contract again in 2024, and that gives you an overall kind of direct government payment intervention total there of below the long run average. USDA is now projecting government payments to fall this year by about $2 billion to a bit over $10 billion. That would be about a 16% drop from last year, mostly because of lower supplemental and ad hoc disaster assistance expected this year. Gary Crawford reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. This report brought to you by Senex Fuels and Lubes. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carling, and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and good morning. 
Here's one more. All right. This is Biden uh, campaign co-chair uh, Mitch uh, Landrew uh, on questions about uh, Biden's mental fitness. All right. Now, he was on Meet the Press after Mayorkas was, after Mayorkas talked about, you know, just what a challenge is, how well prepared you have to be to meet Biden, which, of course, is a lie. And here, uh, Mitch Landrew continues the uh, the lie. Here we go. And I'm telling you, this guy's tough. He's smart. He's on his game. And as Secretary Mayorkas said a minute ago, when you go in to brief the president, you gotta you better have your big boy <laughs> pants on. And and this kind of sense that he's not ready for this job is just a bucket of BS that's so Un- deep your boots will get stuck in. Uh, understood. But, but Americans don't agree with what you're saying. In fact, our NBC News poll found that 76 percent of voters are concerned about whether the president has the necessary mental and physical health to be president for a second term. And that's the problem that they have. Yep. Americans don't buy it. They haven't bought the spin to begin with. And now you're doubling down uh, in a time when the president, after the report came out from the special counsel, her, that he had an unmitigated disaster in front of the media. Well, where he could remember, where he could not remember things correctly. That's the was problem, Im- and was immediately fact checked for the lies that he was telling at that particular point. And so on Friday, they all must have said, "Okay, all the surrogates go down. Now double down. Don't be angry. Get out there and just talk about. Don't just say that the president is competent. Say that you are blown away by him." Go way over the top. I can't keep up with the guy. He's so energetic. I yes, mean, wow. Right. I I don't know how many bowls of Wheaties he's eating every morning, but it must be a lot. This is the problem. The problem is, is what you're saying is, we know what you're say- seeing in front of the camera when you watch him on the news, but it's not that way behind closed doors. You can't sell that. <laughs> You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. And just uh, remember uh, here as I get uh, set to play this audio here. I just want to make sure we're set for this mm-hmm. one. <laughs> I forgot to tell him before we went on the air. Uh, if uh, Biden is president, that means, or if Biden wins the presidency and you vote for him, that means you voted for. Today is today. And yesterday was today, yesterday. Tomorrow will be today, tomorrow. So live today. So the future today will be as the past today. As it is tomorrow. The thing is, no editing was done on that. I don't know how you would edit it, what you would make of that. And I, I know, think you just leave it alone. Don't and you? I, I know I stumbled into that, but I just, I honestly, I didn't do it because of any, well, of course, there was no substance there, but I, I did it just to entertain myself. Okay. Can I be honest with you? I just, that's, yeah, that's why I played. Yeah. It, it's, so. uh, <laughs> I have to have a little fun. And, and, and now I don't know what to do with my calendar. <laughs> 
Hey, Denver, how are you doing? I see the mayor uh, of Denver has announced a reduction in city services uh, to offset the migrant cost and blamed Republicans and Trump for it. Saw that yeah. over the uh, the weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to have to cut your services. Darn that Trump and Greg Abbott. The reduction includes cuts in the hours of operation for several Department of Motor Vehicles offices and the city's parks and recreation services. Mm -hmm. They will reduce their spring programming by 25%. Community centers will also reduce the number of days they are open from 7 to 6. Johnson and Democrats said those changes do not involve layoffs for current employees, but hourly workers can expect fewer hours. On-call workers and seasonal workers will be most effective. This is a plan for shared sacrifice, Johnson said in a news conference, Mm -hmm. uh, which is what good people do in hard situations as you try to manage your way uh, to serve all of your values. You want to continue to be the city that does not have women and children out on the street in tents in 20-degree weather. Mm Mm-hmm. He claimed that the cuts uh, were not the last or the hardest that the city is expecting because of this. And it's going to get worse. And of course, he said, I'm here to talk about a little bit about the devastating impact of the failure of the Republican leadership in Congress this week. So that's the goal of the mayors Uh of this mayor. Okay, we can convince the people here that have been blaming us that it's actually the Republicans' fault because we would have solved this problem, which it would not have solved. Yeah, no. No. So that's... eh. Meanwhile, whistleblowers are reportedly lining up to testify in the case surrounding Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis, who was accused of misconduct. Leaders with the Georgia State Senate Special Committee of Investigations met Friday regarding Willis, who was... Uh, being criticized about her relationship with the special prosecutor, Nathan Wade. Fox 5 Atlanta reported, noting that uh, State Senator Bill Cowsert uh, emphasized the group wanted to uncover the truth. Willis previously bought, brought Wade uh, on to head up the investigation uh, into the state's 2020 election interference case. Uh, as we all uh, know, and then we know the story after that, I did see... The one story that uh, there's the claim from one of the uh, one of the defendants, lawyers, uh, that uh, says they have evidence that she lied about when the dating began. Mm. This thing isn't looking good right now. It seems to be getting worse with at least every week. It was for a moment there. It was every day or every other day, but now. It seems to be getting worse every week. And I, I don't know where you go. Because the case is compromised. There was, who was it, uh, which left publication said something or wrote something to the effect of, well, it doesn't necessarily mean that the case against Trump is compromised. Actually, it does. When you talk about the motive for bringing the case all together. Oh, yeah. Because the question oh, would right. be, and we asked this then, if 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 Fonnie Willis was bringing this case in order to 
raise her profile. Then she brought on her boyfriend to help raise his political profile, using that money to enrich both of them. And, of course, you know, in the in the meantime, by raising her profile, the whole point is, is going after Trump will raise your profile. Uh, then who else would want to get behind that? Not that there aren't others that would love to do that to Trump. We're seeing that play out. But you're going to have to have somebody, if she is to step away from the, you know, the case, and her boyfriend's not going to be on the case, then someone else, someone else is going to have to step up with the exact same agenda. And that's going to be a hard thing. I, I, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it is going to be hard. Now, this is really, really interesting here because this is what I was telling you about, the other development in there. Uh, Jonathan Turley had it. There was a notable filing on the ongoing scandal in Georgia over the intimate relationship Mm. between Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis and her subordinate, Special Prosecutor Nathan Wade. Defense lawyer Ashley Merchant claims to have an affidavit that Willis lied about when uh, the relationship began, a critical fact in her defense against ethical allegations. Willis and Wade insisted the relationship had not begun until 2022, when she hired him in November of 2021 to serve as special counsel to prosecute former President Trump. Ms. Merchant identifies the witness as Terrence Bradley, who served previously as Wade's divorce lawyer and worked in his law firm. That itself is quite irregular, given the strong protections for attorney-client privilege. However, Merchant told the court that Bradley has non-privileged personal knowledge that the romantic relationship between Wade and Willis began prior to Willis being sworn in as district attorney in Fulton County in 2021. In this sworn affidavit filed in the court, uh, Wade states in 2022, uh, we developed a personal relationship into, into our, in addition to our professional association and friendship. As a sworn statement filed with the court, a materially false statement would pose a very serious uh, violation for both lawyers. This was the key determinative element cited by both Willis and Wade to show that there was no ethical breach in the hiring of Wade. We obviously need to hear more from Willis and Wade to learn more about the details. The key date is November of 2021 in terms of hiring of Wade. There is also the question of how his information was non-privileged personal knowledge if uh if they're suggesting that there were public displays or confirmation of the relationship, there could be other witnesses who could also be called to give accounts. The filing also suggests there may have been other trips taken by the lawyers. Merchant states, since Willis and Wade were not forthright about their relationship in the first instance, there is no reason to believe that they are telling the truth now. Notably, the defendants in the Georgia case include those charged with making false statements and filing false documents. If Willis and Wade has now done so, the political and legal impact on the case would be devastating because, in essence, to bring this case, they did exactly what they claim the defendants did. Right. Wow. Once again, the only thing more troubling than a relationship itself has been the response of Willis and Wade to the scandal they have consistently put their own interest before the case and the office, in my view. So, 
Yeah, it's getting worse. Well, worse and worse for her every single day, is it not? You know, it's interesting. We look all at all the cases against Trump, and and they each have their own interesting aspects. But in this one, imagine that this thing, this whole thing, crumbles as a result of the agenda against Trump itself. Not that the court looks at it and says, "Well, it's a weak case," and sorry, you, there's nothing here. We believe it is a weak case, but. It's the way that they approached it and set it up and then set themselves up to implode. That, to me, is mind-boggling. We ask, where's the self-awareness? How could you not see this happening? How could you not see all of this getting out? You just, I guess they thought, they were going to get away with it, that if anyone learned of it, nobody would care. I don't know. I don't know. I, mean, I really <laughs> don't know how you set something like this and build this to this point without going, wait, 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 wait. If we get caught, they never, ever did that. They must have the arrogance you know, like Biden and many on the left, that nobody's going to catch us. And if they do, they won't care. We'll be heroes. Oh, by the way, just just briefly here on the Trump uh, stuff that Trump said at the the one uh, the rally, uh, the the one thing where he said uh, where he said he, he recalled a conversation with an unnamed head of state hmm. of how he'd respond if a NATO member who hadn't spent enough on defense was attacked by Russia. Quote. One of the presidents of a big country stood up and said, well, sir, if we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia, will you protect us? The president said he replied, you didn't pay? You're delinquent? No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. You got to pay your bills, which means if you didn't fully pay your bills, the implication was from the left who immediately jumped on this is this means that Trump would allow Russia to do anything to a NATO member. Number one, Trump was, Marco Rubio pointed out, Trump was president and how he dealt with NATO was perfect. He got NATO to pay more and they all got along. Right. And they all believed that Trump would defend the mission of NATO. Uh, I don't believe that happened. I believe if that happened, we'd know about it long before now. I be- Yes, you and I both agree. I believe that what Trump said happened did not happen. Because if it did, that would have leaked. Everything leaked. Even stuff that didn't happen leaked. If Trump would have said that, that would have leaked. Right. And as for the stuff about Nikki Haley's, uh, you know, uh, husband, I don't even know where to go there. Yeah, so, I don't even know what any of that means. I I don't even know. It's like, it's like well, wh- why do you bring it up? Is he implying he was che- che- he was cheating on her? When he's mm. over, serve, you know, serving in Africa. Mm. It was just like, but those are the kind of things that a, lo- a lot of Trump people on social media were not happy about. It's like, why does he seem to want to cut his throat all the time? I don't believe the, I don't know the first, the first one I know he's trying to say, NATO's going to have to pay their way. You know, NATO, everybody's going to have to pay which, their way. Which, which, which he can just repeat that part of it right. and you're good. Which the majority of them have, have, have done, mm-hmm. have paid more. And that's due to Trump. Right. But I don't believe what he I don't believe what he's stating ever happened. It would have leaked. Yeah, we would know that by now. Eight six six ninety red eye.
We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. And he's Eric Harley. Uh, I I think that uh, I, this is a complete guess by me, but looking at everything that came out in the report, don't be surprised if Republicans come out with a marketing campaign to convince the American public through everything that was in the her report that Biden actually uh, was more careless with the top secrets of the United States than Trump was not to make it on an even thing, but to make the case that Biden did it for years was never president that remember he was doing this where the white house was concerned uh, about what Biden was doing. Mm-hmm. They were mm-hmm. concerned, you know, where they actually had a, had a meeting because he was being so careless with them. So people knew they, they interviewed 147 witnesses I think the Republicans are going to go through this and look at it and say, you know something? He's had these documents for years upon years upon years upon years upon years. He wasn't supposed to have them in the first place. He was never supposed to have them outside of anywhere. There is no presidential. There is no vice presidential exemption at all. I think that that's that's what you're going to see probably from the Trump campaign but I think more importantly, you're going to see it from Republican surrogates who break it down. And if they bring, uh, which I think they will, the, the special counsel, her, to testify, that will be a big part of it going through the minutia of everything in the report yeah. and getting transcripts, too, about what the president uh, uh, did. But I do think that they want to make the case that what Biden did was worse than what Trump did legally. It's going to be interesting to watch. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.